Welcome to the Must Love Self Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I'm your host. Every week, I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. La, 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 la. I have Laura Martin on here and we were already chatting away because she specializes in an area that runs my life. So Laura, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Tell us what you do so they know. So I am an IBS specialist and in particular, I don't do the whole low FODMAP kind of stuff. I help women really tune into the whole gut brain connection. Cause at the end of the day, IBS is a gut brain dysregulation. So when we get that under control, we can get back to eating normally and stop demonizing all these delicious foods. Will you tell everyone who does not know what IBS is, what it is? Yeah. So irritable bowel syndrome, irritable, something's upset, bowel, your colon syndrome, you're having a whole bunch of symptoms. That's basically what it is. And just like what I was saying earlier is like when you go to the doctor and you go through the proper steps because you don't want to mess around with when things come to the gut and basically you're a mystery to the doctor. So like there's a running joke in my world where it's like at the end of IBS is BS because we're like, we don't really know. Here's some Miralax, here's some low FODMAP, go on this, go on this and you never feel good about your body again. And it's like, what? So (laughs) this is ridiculous because when she said IBS, I was like, I was like, you mean irritable bowel syndrome? Because my entire fucking life is irritable bowel syndrome. And you know, when your gut is not happy, there's really nothing you could do about anything else because it runs your life. And what's so interesting is that Laura mentioned she also works with people that have had eating disorders that are definitely driven from all this because we're told you shouldn't eat this, you shouldn't eat that. So in addition to having social pressures and internal pressures about body. We also have actual real physical ailments that when we eat certain foods, it feels like those are the foods that are causing the problem, but it's actually something more so much develops right with disordered eating because of a medical condition. Oh, hundred percent. It's called avoidant, uh, reintake food disorder, I believe. I mean, have gotten those backwards, but yeah, something along those lines where it's like, you see it a lot with children where like, they don't like to eat certain foods because of a texture or a color in that arena. But as an adult, we start to have fear because of what that food does to us. So it's not, it's different from anorexia because we're not trying to lose weight. It has nothing to do with body image or anything like that. It's a legitimate fear around what that food does. And so you had this past traumatic experience of what that food maybe gave you a flare up or like, like food poisoning, even for example, but usually in my world, it's some type of flare up and you avoid that food. Like it's bats out of hell. You're like, absolutely not. I'm not touching it. I will not let gluten touch my plate. I will not let dairy touch my plate. I will not, at the end of the day, you're like freaking out about this, but at the end of the day, it, food doesn't matter. Like a healthy body can digest all types of food. And actually the more we restrict food, the more stressed out we get, the weaken we actually, the more damage we're doing to our digestive enzymes, the more damage we're doing to our gut lining. So it's actually prolonging this whole thing. That's just like ass backwards and super annoying to be like, Oh my God, I'm so in. excited to talk to you. And, and, <laughs> and I'm a double winner because I have disordered eating for three decades and I have IBS. So I get both issues. So I 
was restricting because I didn't want to be air quote fat. And I was restricting because it hurt my belly. And this is extra. I think because I abused my belly for so long, because I did enemas and speed and diet pills and anorexia and bulimia and restriction, I actually made my GI issues work because I destroyed my belly. No girl, same. That's how I got into yeah. this industry. That's exactly why. Cause I, I even just posted on my personal page of just like the before and afters of like what's happened and like my tiny little body. Like I remember, so I lived in Asia for six years, but at that time I hadn't seen my family in about two years. And I kept got off the plane and I, my dad just cried. Cause he was like, where's your body? Like, what is this? Like what's going on? And it had gotten so out of hand because what I quote in my head, I was like, no, but like doing these extremes, like cutting out these foods, fasting, doing all this stuff. Like it's quote unquote healthy. Like this is what they're telling me to do. But at the same time, I was recovering from an eating disorder for like a decade. So this was just another way to mask my eating disorder. So even though I was like, I'm aware of this and I'm healing this every gut protocol I was also looking at was like restrict, eliminate, repair, like the four R's. And I'm like, yo, like I just spent so much time going through recovery that doesn't sit well with me. So what else is it? And that's where I like fell in love with the whole gut brain connection. And just like, there's gotta be something else. Like it has to be something else. It can't just be food related. There's like trauma, there's stress, there's the gut, there's the vagus nerve, there's all these kind of things. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, like this gives me my freedom back to like feel empowered around my health, to feel empowered around food and like everything else that comes. Because like you said earlier, when you have IBS, it runs your freaking life. Like you can't do anything. You can't plan anything. You can't go anywhere. And so obviously you're going to be like anxious and depressed and alone and like all this kind of stuff. But what is really important is this gives me my freedom back, which Laura just said can relate to all the things we're looking at in must love self, because everyone's got their thing or things that get in the way from us being who we really are. And what muscle of self is about is making a decision to take back our life. And if that's because we're obsessed with body crap and we want to stop spending all of our energy and time thinking about how we look or we're obsessed with achievement or approval, we don't feel heard or seen. It's all about that. So I want to know why you said yes to this conversation. Because it... (laughs) It is all of those things, right? It's how we get our power back. And it goes so much more than what our health is doing. And that's what I'm witnessing now. Cause same, like my mindset was like, if I feel this, I'll get blank. And it's like, no, no, no. It's loving yourself through that. Like the biggest thing I always tell my clients is like, you can't be at war with your body and win. Like it's never mm-hmm. going to happen. Even when we're trying to get skinny, when we're trying to get healthy, when we're trying to do, you got to be in love with that journey. Because in that journey, you're falling in love with yourself. You're falling in love with what are your triggers and how do you respond? How do you coach yourself through those flare-ups? How do you get through this kind of stuff? How do you engage in social situations and navigate through it? Because if you're just playing small and you're Mm -hmm. just playing, and I hate it, I don't hate saying it, but playing the victim where you're like, this is my illness. This is what I'm doing. And you're playing in that mindset you get stuck. And then as soon as you switch that mindset of I'm not at fault for what's happening at me and like my body and what's happening, I am responsible for how I'm choosing to show up to this. You know, my God, I love that so much because one of my besties, she also has a chronic medical thing. And one of the things we talk about is that we're not responsible for the physical stuff that happens to our body. What we are responsible for is our spiritual condition and how we approach it. Because I don't, I can't control the fact that some days I'm having a physical flare up but I can control how I'm spiritually and flexibility approaching it. Am I mad at myself, which is my go-to I'm mad at myself that Carly, I can't believe you're sick now. And now all the plans I had for you, 
it's like ridiculous. Exactly. It's, it's, you gotta be your biggest like celebration, right? Like you have to sit there and like, of course, when you're like crapping your pants, you're not celebrating things, but you're sitting there and you're just like, all right, like, this is what I'm learning, whatever it was, whether it was stress, whether it was food, whether it was something that was just happening. It's not always out of the blue that we always like think it's these phantom symptoms. There's something and when we can lean into that and be like, this is always a lesson. Like, what can I take from this? And whether it's a lesson in how you're nourishing yourself and recharging yourself or something with how you're handling it, like, what is your stress response and how, how is your inner dialogue during these moments? Like, there's always something when we can step back, like from that physical pain and that physical, like, oh, like anger and abuse. And then then we spiral down another tantrum that we're going to have and not respect our body and go down this whole rabbit hole. And we can sit there and be like, okay, now I'm going to pause. I'm going to like take responsibility for this. I'm going to probably take a nap. I'm going to chill. I'm going to get my castor oil. I'm going to get like this heated blanket on my belly. I'm going to like lay down. Okay, cool. Like we're going to heal. We're going to get through this together because that's all you have. You have your soul. You have your mind. That's why we like in my practice, it's like we have the science and soul. Cause it's like, that's what you have. You have the physical body and your spirit. And so how are we going to get through these things together? Oh my God. My people are going to love you. Cause you talk <laughs> as fast as I do. And we're like on the same wavelength. <laughs> He's like, Laura, you got to bring it down. And I'm like, I listen to everything on hyperspeed. What do you mean? Like, obviously I'm going to be talking as fast as I listen. But this is actually me doing it slow because (laughs) if anyone actually heard what was like inside here, you'd be like, oh, she's going real. I just had somebody today that was like, do you know that you talk really, really fast when you're, and I'm like, nobody's complaining. And if they do, I slow it down. But like, this is, so we're, we're in it together. You mentioned inner dialogue. And I want to know if you would give us a rating between one and 10. One is my inner dialogue is not kind to me. And 10 is my inner dialogue is either kind and respectful or leaves me alone. What would you rate yourself today in terms of your own body image that could include because of your medical stuff that you're talking about, either just how I look and how I'm okay with it or like my acceptance of my physical medical stuff? Yeah. So I was actually on a call this morning and I don't believe in these positivity things. I'm just a five, like I'm neutral. I don't have weight because I know it's going to go up and down. So it's not like I get super excited. Of course I sit there and like, I'll wake up and I'll do like body appreciation and stand like naked in front of my mirror. And I'm like, mm-hmm, we got it today. And other days I'm like, this is really annoying. We're going to wear a giant, like today I'm wearing a giant, like Cape thing. So I was like, we got our period coming. We're a little bit bloated. We're going to roll with the punches, but it doesn't waver from that five. It's just neutrality. Like, that's actually that's the, the goal. Yes, exactly. It's like, I don't want to get so hyped up on any of it. I'm just like, it is what it is. And we're here. We love it. We respect it. We honor it. And that's it. Will you share a little bit what your inner voice used to say to you about your body? Oh my God. Everything. It was my mother. Like, are you kidding? Like it was the inner mother. What tell me, tell me what she said to you. Oh my God. Like not good enough. You don't belong here. Like all that kind of stuff. And you're always trying to do better. Like it's always the feet, both feet in desire, as opposed to one foot in gratitude and one foot in desire. It's always both feet in desire. And so it was always striving for more, which led to, of course, an unhealthy relationship with food and unhealthy, like you're never going to do all this kind of stuff. And it's like, and, and granted my mother, she was, she was great. God rest her soul. But it's like one of those things where it's just like, it is that dialogue that you were raised on it's that inner child. So where can you go back and be like, okay, so how would you sit at that table with your child and go through that? Mm. Right. And that's where that magic sauce happens because it's such a big deal. So I have three kids and I think to myself and we talk about it, 
the things I'm saying to them are going to be one of the main voices in their head about themselves. And I need to make sure that the, the voices and the words I'm saying are going to build them up because I never want, I never want to cause that kind of harm. I want to ask you, you mentioned, you briefly mentioned, and I'm very intrigued. You, do you stand before the mirror every morning naked and appreciate your body? No, no, oh. no that's just, I do it on the days that I feel it. Right. Where it's like, okay, like we are not in it, but we when you're struggling. Up. Yes. Like okay. we got to show up or like on a weekend, on a slow Saturday, it's like, how can we feel a little bit more sensual today? And like embody this bit, like the physical form, because I just, I'm slowly adjusting to it because I, granted I have to, because I have healed from an eating sort and I lost my period for five years and I had like all of these health issues and autoimmunities, I had to gain healthy weight. And that is over the amount that I am comfortable with. Like I had to gain 40 pounds. I'm doing it for health. I'm not saying I freaking like it. Like I don't like it. I miss my abs. I love that part. And I have to sit there and like, look at those time hop photos. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like looking at it. But like, that doesn't matter. Like I get to have babies now. Cause I now have a period. I have a sex drive again. I have emotional control. It's like, I'm going to sit here and figure out a part, even if it's just my eyeballs that day that I can fall in love with. It's like, sit there and look at yourself, not at like your body, but like, see you in that mirror. What is it about you? And usually it's not even surface level. It's like your soul is freaking banging. It's so true. It's so true because, and I love that you brought up the things that you gain from having to adjust your body and the things that you didn't have when it was air quote, like the way you wanted it, because I have pictures from when I was going through my divorce, where my body finally looked the way I wanted it to, I couldn't eat. And I didn't even enjoy it because I was so anxious, nauseous, and stressed and miserable and crying and a total mess. And I look at those pictures and my brain will judge and go, oh my God, how come you used to look like that? And then I go, Carly, like, do you remember how you couldn't even sit at your desk during work because you were such a mess? do you want that life again? And I'm like, no. So now when I look in the mirror, you know what? My belly is not my most favorite area. So I turn around and look at my ass, which looks amazing. (laughs) And, and that's the picture I look at. Right. And so I send that picture to my husband because he loves all parts of my body, but I'm only comfortable with some of them. So I like that you said neutrality because I don't need to get to a place where I think my body's amazing, like gorgeous. And that's not my goal in life. Like, that's not what I want on my stone. Like I want that she listened and she helped us and she brought bright sunshine, love. I don't, nobody's going to talk about what my body looked like at my funeral. Exactly. exactly. I hope they don't. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's oh like, God. you like walk into a funeral. You're like, really? That's it. Like, right. No. So I want your number for what you would rate your worth today that you, you know it, that one is, I don't think I'm worthy. 10 is, I think I belong and I'm amazing. Oh, I love that. I would give it a solid like nine at this point. It's been, it's been one of those things where it's like, and it, it sounds silly, but it, it's being like with my current partner, like it's being in that arena where you're like, oh my God, I, I love this and I can receive this and I feel it. And it's like, this is what life is. Like, that's what it is. And I'm worthy of this happiness and this freedom and like this business expansion and like this beautiful home and all these things. It's like, 
oh, and I was even journaling this last night, actually, I'm not journaling, writing notes in my phone on my bed. Um, that's journaling. That's yeah, 2021 I journaling. I know. I'm like, whatever. Um, but like journaling that where it was like, cause I was having one of those days where I was like, oh, you know, period bloat days. You're like, Oh, what is this? And it, like, I was like journaling and I'm like, yo, my, I just had like the most perfect spontaneous date with my partner that I would have never done just eating pie in the park. Like I'm able to like have this energy. I'm able to have like this confidence and this connection with another person because I have that with myself. And that's that worthiness that I'm now able to flood into the world. And you see that reciprocated in your like relationships, which is why it goes so much more than just healing IBS, right? Like it goes so much more than healing the gut. It's when you learn and figure out how to fall in love with the journey, you're falling in love with yourself in every moment, which sets the tone for the rest of the universe to do the same, right? Like you set the standard, the universe follows. That's how that works. Oh my God. I'm so excited about you because when you just said confidence connection with myself, I cannot have a real relationship with another human being, whether intimate or relationship as a parent or friendship it's not humanly possible if I don't have that with myself. And I think that when I first started muscle of self, originally the topics were about body stuff. And then I quickly found out that it was about so much more and worth is the main deal. Because if you don't know that you are worthy of being loved, of feeling the things that we get to feel when we're in the right place, then you'll never use your voice and you'll hate your body. Mm -hmm. So what would you give yourself in terms of your ability to use your voice to advocate for yourself? Oh, 10. I'm so vocal in that. I'm a projector with a sacral authority. I love to talk. <laughs> Me too. Were you told to be quiet your whole life when you were little? Oh, hundred percent. It was like too loud, too this, too that. And now I'm like, oh, like very- I, I'm a chatterbox. My whole, oh, every single grade report, Carly's a chatterbox. Oh, every time. And then I would, I, even up until like recently, until I found like, my sisterhood of friends, I would be apologizing for talking. And they're like, please stop doing that. And I'm like, doing what? And they're like, there's wisdom that comes out of your mouth. That's not like you're just saying things like there's actual things that need to come out. And it's like, speak your truth. Let it be known. Like boundaries are so, cause like standard is our lowest. Right. And then boundary is our thing or like maximum. So like, I love how that spectrum in my life is now fit. Like I don't push my boundaries. I don't go below my standards. Like there's that. And I love that about myself. Can you give me an example of when you would apologize for talking? Oh my God. Like everything. Like I would like now it would be. If we were I talking just, right now and you didn't feel your worth, what would exactly. you say? I probably wouldn't say much. And then I would like overshare something and something be like, oh, well I, and then it would be like saying my story. Whereas that's what people do. We share our stories as humans. That's how we connect. But I'd be like, oh yeah, sorry. And it's like, for what? Like you just contributed to the conversation. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I am so glad you said that. And I've been noticing that a lot that specifically women, we are apologizing way too much for way too much. I no longer apologize for crying. I no longer apologize for anything unless I'm inconveniencing someone. And even then it's a very short you know, this is not what I wanted to have happen. I'm so sorry for inconveniencing you and then focusing on what we can do like positively because I don't owe the world an apology. Like I am enough. And if something comes up, I just need to be honest about it. Yeah, exactly. Something I love is um, like, even when you're late, you just go like, thank you for waiting. Instead like, of I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. It's like, yes. thank you for waiting. I've heard but, that change. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to thank you. Yeah. I want to go aware of it. Like, sorry, go ahead. 
I'm not sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Will you tell us a little bit about what kind of images, lessons, messages you received when you were growing up about what a woman or a girl was supposed to be like or not be like? Oh, so mine was very different. My father was very feminine and my mother was very masculine. And so, but in that my mom did her best, like again, but growing up, it was women. Like I couldn't get my belly button pierced because only the sluts get their belly button. Right. Pierced. That's what I want to know. Like what message yeah. you So belly button pierce equals sluts. Yeah, okay. Sex. Like you don't have sex. You don't do anything. I got grounded for two weeks when she found out I was having sex and like threw me on the pill and like locked me in my room. Like it was not a, a fun thing where it's like a celebration of like, oh my God, love's in your life. Like it's like, no. And mind you, I was dating this kid for like four years. Like that's fine. Um, things of women rely more on men. Like I saw once my parents got divorced, like my mom's kind of just like tanked and my dad elevated because he was the breadwinner, which is why I'm such a go-getter now. I'm like, absolutely not. We're doing this all on our own. Um, and now working through those processes, it's willing to receive and seeing those inner wounds being healed. But, um, what else, the way we dress, like you can't be provocative. You have to cover your curves. Um, like I was never allowed to Abercrombie because Abercrombie's was for sluts. Um, <laughs> where like does this come from? Things. Was this, was this your mom? Yeah. That was all my and mom. where did she get it from? Was that her parents? Her grandparents. Yeah. And were They're they like very, religious, very religious side of the family. Whereas like my father's side is like my grandmother used to read my poems and my, like, my birth chart and all this stuff. And like growing up, I'm like, you're so weird. And now like, thank goodness before she passed, I like was able to come home and connect. And I'm like, oh my God, we're so connected. And it's so funny. Cause she wasn't a part of my life, but we're the same person even though she wasn't with me growing up with those last like three years we had, I was like, did we just become best friends? Like, (laughs) is it okay if I ask you what happened to your mom? She, um, was an addict and she ended up losing her life that way. It's oddly enough, not oddly enough, but she just one day, she didn't have a strong immune system, but she was just standing at the top of the stairs one day and she fell incorrectly. She was a little intoxicated and hit the baseboard and just one tiny thing. Yes. So I'm 22 years sober and active in that. And that's, thank you. That's an alcoholic death. So you have these most miserable, depressing, they're not dramatic. You think it's going to be like it is in the movies. You fall when you're intoxicated and you hit the wrong place. And it's a sad, lonely, I can't imagine what that was like for you growing up. And there's part of the addiction process and the family And that you will get to, and I'm sure you've already started, and if not gone through, you have a responsibility that wasn't even yours, that you have to continue to carry. And how are you going to break that generational trauma? It's a lot. That's my life work. So that is exactly what happened. Whereas like I heard death instead of feeling like victims, live, whatever, I feel a responsibility to live and shift the generational happenings that were happening. And I say this to my family all the time where it's like, I, it sucks. And don't get me wrong. I would give my freaking heart to have my mother back and well, and everything like that. But what happened with her death complete? Cause I was on the same path. Like I was drinking too much. I was partying. I, I ended up after her death, even falling in love with an addict. And I went through the 12 steps as well. And like went through that stuff. And I was like, what is going on with my life? And then realized the radical responsibility I was gifted through this traumatic experience. It was like, no, no, no 
we have a, we have a reason to be here. We have a reason to move through this and sit through and heal that. So my daughter, so my son, so my children never have to experience that. And it's like, it sucks, but it's, what do we do with this? Again, I'm not at fault for that, but I am, it's responsible for how I'm choosing to respond. I love that so much. How old were you when it happened? I was 22 my last semester of college. And then uh, three months later, I ran away to Asia for six years. <laughs> you need it out. You're like, mm-hmm. peace out world. I need out. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you get, that you get it and that you know that it's not like you were saying before, it's not, you're not a victim. And I want to always make that clear because the word victim can often get a confusing rap. There's a very specific meaning for victim when it's about sexual abuse or rape. And that's not what we're talking about where that is actually a victim because something was horribly done. This is about us saying, look what happened in my life and look at me now. And I'm, you know, everything sucks because of it. It's about taking ownership after the fact. Yeah. But even then, like, so I was in college and I, traumatic sexual assault as well and it's like you can still it's not being at fault and that's the biggest thing is like I'm not at fault for that happening but I played the victim in that role like I was labeled the victim and instead of taking responsibility and going and getting help I drank it away right I did silly things like I just didn't feel and I played that file in in my life as opposed to being like I'm so much stronger because of this now and I know my boundaries and I know how to hold myself well after these things, as opposed to carrying that with me for so long, it's like, we get the choice. And so, yes, we can have victim things happen in our lives where we are victims, where it's like, but you don't have to play that role. You don't have to carry that and have that become your identity is this is what happened to me. I'm this person. I'm that. And like, we get to sit there and go, yeah, this happened. And I'm so freaking strong now. Like watch me rise from it. Yeah. We do. We get to do it decide that it doesn't define us, but we can empower ourselves from it. Exactly. I always think of that JK Rowling quote, which I used in the end of my memoir about the solid ground, you know, that we push off from, I picture myself in a pool and going all the way down to the deep end at the way bottom. And instead of drowning, pushing myself up again to get out. I actually don't know many women who haven't had some sort of sexual assault or rape. And I'm raising three boys and my responsibility on a regular basis is to talk to them about this. And I basically walk around going, don't rape anyone. <laughs> like, and they're like, okay, mom. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> don't rape anyone because it's not women that are the problem. It's men that are raping women. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about this all the time. And so yeah. they, they roll their eyes, but it's a big deal in my house. No raping. Um, it should be. As it should, should be. be. Will you remember, do you remember the quote that you're sharing with us? That we can't be at war with our bodies and win. I love it so much. Where's that from? Is that you? Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> your massive wisdom. Are you ready for lightning round? Yes. Here we go. If you could go back to yourself when you got off the plane from Asia and your dad's like, what happened to you? What would you say to her from you today? That you'll be okay. Like... And I feel like that's so cliche to say, but that's all I needed to hear, you know, because when you're in those moments, you know, you're messing up, you know it, you just can't stop because you don't know your worth. You don't know your value. You don't know the direction to take or what even to say, but just to like, no, and be like, oh, okay, cool. Got it. What would your 82 year old self say to you now? I'm just like picturing my grandmother. <laughs> um, just so proud. Like you're intentional with your, it's not that you're waiting for life to happen. Like you're very intentional in creating your life. And that is what led to this foxy 82 year old self you're seeing right here. 
I love it. I already I have a picture of what I want to look like when I'm 80s and it is fab, like oh sparkles God, and glitter and wait, what? Oh, my grandmother, like crystals. She had these big like fur jackets. She had this her hair always down. I'm like, Nana, yes. Yes, vibing Nana. With it. I'm in it. Yes, Nana. <laughs> what does it mean to be beautiful? Connected. I would say it's connected to self, connected to community, connected to source, connected to sisterhood. All what does it mean to be a strong woman? having fierce boundaries and standing within them. What would you like others to say about you? That she lived wide. If you found out you only get six months left, what would you like to do with the rest of your time? Oh, I ask myself this question all the time. Um, honestly, what I'm doing now, I live each, that's the thing with like death happening the way it did. It's one of those things that every single day I am intentionally making memories and like doing something that makes it beautiful. Whereas like, I'm, that's why like, I'm so active on social media because they're little like timestamps in my life where I'm like, Oh my God, it's beautiful. And like, I can feel that feeling and I'm so there. So I'm, I'd be so happy where I'm at now. You're awake. Mm-hmm. Last question. You get one piece of advice for every woman to hear. What do you want to say to them? Set the standard for yourself and trust that the universe will follow. Mm. How do people find you? Uh, Instagram is where I'm most active and that's at Laura Martin underscore H two H. I mean, you come hang out and then everything's there. Awesome. I will include that in the episode notes. I want to thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability. I feel like I found another soul sister. I can't wait to watch you because I truly believe that there's women that come on here that we just, this is the beginning and we're going to get to support each other and clap. And I just love it. Oh my God. I love it so much. Like I feel so connected even through like just this virtual thing. I'm like, Oh yes. I know. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate review and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir seconds and inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating a paperback and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. La 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 la